Hi everyone and welcome to Opera Omnia, Season 3, Episode number 9. Opera Omnia is a podcast dedicated each season to a filmmaker's filmography. And this Season 3, we're looking at David Fincher. Joining me as the resident guest host for this entire season is my good friend and colleague from Duncan and Bo, come correct, is of course, Bo Ranstall. How you doing? I am doing well, sir. I didn't realize we were doing cameras, but now I'm on camera as well. So Are we you on camera as well? Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. you now. Yay! Boom. Yeah, you, you can see that I, I wore my uh, boy with the Batman shirt Yes. Uh, in honor. That, that has nothing to do with anything. But, a, might as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it feels like a, it's been a long time since we did one of these. Yes. But has it? it maybe nope. not. It's just that time moves so fast. It was a long time between um, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which was a long movie, and um, mm -hmm. us doing The Social Network, which was only a couple of weeks ago. So Yeah, okay. That, th I feel like maybe it's just because I feel like I'm still watching The, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> Speaking of long movies. Holy uh, shit. It's a, it's a movie that, that dares to throw an entire espionage scene like 20 minutes at the end of the movie where you're like oh it's finished credits oh no espionage all right then let me just sit back in my chair uh right <laughs> so. yeah what about this character that i don't remember from the beginning of the movie mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. the catalyst mode the catalyst um yeah like well, let's not, like hey let's just hold on to that for a second the, okay. girl, the girl with the dragon tattoos the movie we're discussing here but i suppose what would be fun uh, at the start here is to kind of is to kind of just once again touch base on the old uh, the old um, Fincher world um, of what we'd seen, when we'd seen, etc. And we were talking off air about this and we were using our best material, Bo. Our best material that the audience will never hear now. And it won't be as funny said twice. Um, or will it? We'll find out. Um, let's, let's talk about this one because this one is... This is Fincher's one and only remake of something that was cultural phenomenon is the word you used off air but it was um there was a, a, a small window of time there that all anyone was talking about was the girl with the dragon tattoo that trilogy the movie the swedish movie in particular um and what had the reason i asked you off air was what order you'd seen them in is i know that america is notorious for you know we're not reading the movie we're watching the movie so we'll just remake it which explains How dare you sir which explains this only two years after the original coming out um it's also kind of got a little bit of that uh let the right one in sort of thing where like the you know the remake comes very quick on the heels of the original and it must be because the Swedish language is too difficult for people to sit through and listen while reading. I don't know. I don't know. You're all crazy, is what I'm trying to say. But like you, you were, you'd seen the yeah. the original Swedish one relatively quick after it came out. Yeah, yeah. As soon as it hit home video, mm. I was like, well, let's see what all the fuss is about. I'm definitely not going to read it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> um, I mean, I'll read the movie, but not the book. The book takes forever. The movie takes two and a half hours. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon that the Swedish language actually makes Americans vomit. <laughs> That's a hundred percent true. That's a medical fact. And so anytime a Swedish movie hits our shores, 
we're like, no, 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 we, uh, somebody remake this real quick because it sounds good, but I don't want to spend all night in the can. Which is weird because you got like, there's a, there's a lot of people settled in America from Scandinavia, particularly from Sweden. Yeah, it, well, honestly, it's so close, uh, Duncan, that if somebody has an especially Swedish name, mm -hmm. it can make you ill for 48 hours. <laughs> Maybe not vomit, but you're not going to feel quite yourself for a while. Ah, so. God's laxative, you see. Um, so. yeah. it, like, if you just say, like, uh, Lutvisk, you're just like, oh, God, yeah. uh, I yeah. just, I don't feel... I don't feel right. Don't feel great. Don't feel great. Uh, so, so you'd seen the you'd seen the original. Never read the book. And, right. Uh, initial takes from the original movie. Yeah, I I got very bored. Um, and I never watched any of the other movies. I never watched like Hornet's Nest or Girl Played with Fire or anything. Mm. And this was just one of those things where I, I was like, I get it. I understand why. I, this is popular and the character of Lisbeth Salander yes. is an interesting one mm -hmm. but also I just couldn't bring myself to care about any of the happenings of the movie mm -hmm. where I was just like well this is just a bunch of rich people doing rich people shit I don't <laughs> care about that and not to be you know like class warfare about it but that's just how I felt I was like the only character I'm interested in is Lisbeth Salander and yes she's not in a weird way she's not really the focus of the movie not in the first movie um she yeah. certainly becomes the focus of the series later on but I, I imagine that's because they became very popular yeah and maybe i need to watch those uh because that yeah that first film i was just like it, it's a struggle for me to stay awake and i like a good murder mystery yeah. uh i'm i love a good mystery in general but it's just so like meandering and it, it was long mm. and yeah i just i i hung with it i saw it but then when i watched this movie and i've seen this movie twice now duncan mm -hmm. even still like... i'm like like oh that's what happens in this yeah. because it just a glaze happens yeah the thing is like point. coming coming into this viewing this time um it's I, I was talking about. I actually just finished recording another uh, podcast earlier today, and we were we were chatting about like this this recording here because just in general, I've just come up like that I was going to be doing it, and um, one of the guys that we were recording with had said, "Oh, he remembered seeing this at the cinema," as as did I, um, and he found it like he found it really riveting because he didn't know he didn't know who the killer was, and I was like, "I would love to have went in." with that you know what i mean but because the because the other movie was such a cultural hit um you know you are just essentially watching a remake so the same killer is the same killer the same reveal is the same reveal so you're essentially spending another two and a half hours to be told the same story from different faces but the same story so I, I think that's always the thing that kind of not soured me because there's a lot to like about this movie in general and it's mostly what fincher brings to it that, that there's the likable stuff and um, we'll get into that when we get to the review but i think it was does a remake of a movie in so close proximity to the original which is a murder mystery that doesn't change who the killer is a smart idea 
for a studio to put out. Well, yeah, I, I, yes, it is in America at least because mm. because of what we just talked about. I mean, yes, I, it's all right, Duncan. In in the interest of pure honesty, Americans aren't made physically ill by the the Swedish language. They're not. You lied to me. That, that's that I, that was a make them up. But what is true is that there are plenty of Americans that do not want to watch a movie with subtitles. Yeah, and and. I am not one of those. Like we've had this discussion before. Mm -hmm. I, I, it blows my mind that you're cutting yourself off to an entire world of film yeah, because you don't want to read subtitles. Uh, but there is that audience and particularly because of the book being so popular and, and the book, the translation of the book was really popular in the States oh, yeah, as yeah. well. Huge so, so yeah. So they were like, look, we're, we're just going to make, you know a big budget hollywood version of this and i think it's less that it's a remake of the original film as it is we're just going to make an american adaptation of the book yeah you know yeah. i don't think they were looking at the success the unlike let the right one in yes which was like we have to remake this movie because it's so good and we're going to get yeah. you know more eyes on it this was just like oh we're going to make an american version of the book and get the best american director we can get our hands on mm. we're going to get the best cast that we can get our hands on and the best screenwriter like steve zalian mm -hmm. who who wrote the script for this did like schindler's list and recently did the irishman um so the guy can't write a movie that's under three hours long apparently <laughs> but okay <laughs> As Stephen King once said, this guy writes like Fat Lady's Diet. Yeah. <laughs> by any chance, paid by the wart? Probably so. He was give me give me five give me a nickel a word, and you got yourself a screenplay. Um, but he also did Searching for Bobby Fisher, which was an incredible movie, and uh, mm. and not three hours long. Yeah, but um, yeah, so it, it's it's interesting to me. Uh, that this was a movie that um, seemed such a natural extension of the book. Yeah. You know, or, or the popularity of the book. And, uh, and you know, Fincher's kind of the right guy for it. It's like, it's dark material. It's, 100%. it's healing. Yeah, the, the, the palette. The palette alone. This is cold, and it's snow, and it's sweet. Like, if ever there was a director to capture that who wasn't Swedish, it's... 100% David Fincher. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that, that's what I'm saying. There, there are some really, really, really good choices in here to what is essentially a very paint-by-numbers murder mystery. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even, and even the reveal of what's actually happening, because I remember watching the original and I guessed... I guessed what had happened to the, the murder victim like about the halfway mark when we were introduced to another character i was like all right that would you know that would make sense if you know so I'd, I'd already kind of fathomed it out because i grew up on a healthy diet of like hercule poirot like, like agatha christie miss miss marple her books like the, the agatha christie template has just been replicated like by everyone that does like a murder mystery since then so you know like you can like you've seen variations of this story before 
Like so, like to me, it was the the exciting thing or the interesting thing. Like you noted, was the idea of Elizabeth as a character who is infinitely fascinating, and she's edgy, and she's dark, and she's a genius, and she's difficult, and you know, there, there's something compelling about that character. Um, but like you remove that element from this, the movie is like it is about as generic uh, a kind of murder mystery as you will probably see and then it brought me back to this kind of idea of i remember for, for my sins uh going to see the da vinci code when it came out and i went Ooh, to see yeah, the yeah. midnight screening of that movie because it was another cultural phenomenon and i'd read the da vinci code right because everyone had read the da vinci like, i've yet to find someone, even i read that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've yet to find anyone who did not read the da vinci code um and like and i remember like Maybe about 15, and that's another movie that's over two hours. I remember about 15 minutes into it thinking to myself, this is midnight, and I'm, I had to travel to see this movie, and I'm watching this in the cinema, and I know who the, who the villain is. Like, I know the end of this movie. Why have I, like, what, like, why have I, what's compelled me to travel out to see? I, like, I literally know how this is going to go, unless they deviate hard from the book. I know beat for beat. I know all the twists. I know all the ciphers. I understand everything about this movie. I even know the end. And then when you watch the movie and realise it is just basically a film of the book. There's part of me is like, I know some people say read the book, it's better. I like I would rather do things in reverse. I'd rather see the movie first and then read the book. Because when I read that book, I can then contextualise voices, personalities, all the rest. I very rarely do it the other way around. Um, unless it's like drastically different. Like if you watch like American Psycho, the movie, and you read the book, the Patrick Bateman character is interestingly in the book that I read now is Christian Bale. When I read the book the first time, I'd never seen the movie. So it wasn't Christian Bale, but that's kind of permeated over it. But those are two vastly different experiences. Whereas when you watch a movie like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which like I say is, I mean, it's just like, even if it is less a remake of the movie and more a you know adaptation of the book, you still know who the killer is. You still know who the killer is. You still know who's going to live, who dies, who gets away. You know all that information, so you're essentially watching a kind of rehash of something you're familiar with. And like I say, that's when you need the the intrigue of a change in the mystery or a. Some people don't like the idea of you flipping the gender of a character in a remake. I'm like, well, if they do that, at least it's different from the original. You know what I mean? At least you're doing something. Like, the best remakes to me are the ones that try and update the scenario. We talk about The Thing, the remake of that. Completely different experience. You know what I mean? Completely different experience. But the technology, the director and all that, they get their own voice in it, and that's what changes it. A remake for remake's sake, purely just to change the dialect or the, the voice in it, to me feels... A bit redundant, unless that original is so difficult to see and no one got a chance to see it and it was so obscure and like it wasn't available. But this movie was everywhere, and then the Fincher movie was everywhere. So I don't know, I don't know. I, like, I sat down and within five minutes of watching this, I remembered who the killer was, and I was like, oh, right. Oh, right. And the bit that I'd forgotten, interestingly enough, is the, the other thing we were joking about, uh, kind of 
just earlier on was I'd forgotten that there is essentially almost 20 minutes tagged on to the end of this movie. Yeah. Which feels like a different movie. Yeah, it, it feels like an endurance test is what it feels like. But the thing is as well, because like Fincher had like a clear vision that, you know, if this movie did well, which it did, um, there was going to be a sequel, and then the sequel ended up like a lot of Fincher projects do um, in development hell. Um, and never never materialized and then obviously rebooted it with the the novels not written by the original dude Stieg Larsson uh, but by the guy who took on that mantle after him uh, with Ferry Alvarez directing things and all the rest and you know changing the the actress that plays Elizabeth and all the rest like what about a decade well not quite a decade but almost a decade later um, you get that kind of reimagining reboot re reset thing but like to me the end of this movie suffers even more because there's not a sequel it's such an abrupt yeah, ending for sure you know what i mean so there's there's so many yeah. of these elements that i think like when we when, it, when we actually start dissecting this movie it seems at the beginning like both of us are like this is bad it's not there's there's lots to enjoy about the girl with the dragon tattoo but it does kind of feel like a victim of you know the movie it's, it's remaking and also the the almost the hubris of oh well we'll have a sequel out within two years so we'll be able to tidy all this up and sure yeah it, like where we're leaving these characters isn't going to feel like the end of dune yes you yeah. know <laughs> yeah 100 yeah, percent. there's a, where it's the, just like yeah. yes and now we can begin and you're like yeah. oh all right well uh I guess not then. I'll. <laughs> I never saw the Fede Alvarez one, by the way. I, I've uh, never watched either. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't pull myself to watch it because one, it's a different. It's based on a different book. It's not like a different author's interpretation of the character. So that I want to read that. You know, would I want to like watch that? And then I heard it was meh, which kind of just really put the nail in it for me i was I, I could not see myself rushing out to check it out at all oh the girl in the spider's web yes was the 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 name of that one yes so it was um, written by a different author so because steve larson died it's a, a good few years ago now um and uh, so someone else just wrote another book in that series which i didn't know you could do like, I oh, knew sure. you could well, do it if the, the family signs off on it. Like, Dune is a classic example of that. Like, uh, yeah. uh, Frank Herbert's son has written about four or five novels with another person expanding that universe. But I thought if you had such... So the family must have signed off on it. You would think so. But that, that was probably a thing of like, oh, well, we're going to, you know, cash the paychecks. Yeah. But they must the already have all the paychecks. Those books sold fucking silly amounts. Hey man, you can never have too much money. As <laughs> like, as like, um, as like the 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 author of Fifty Shades of Grey died, and our family going, we need one more book. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, uh, BC Andrews is a great example of mm. that as well. Like, mm -hmm. she only wrote six or seven books, yeah, and then died. And there are, you know, by last count, three hundred and twelve. Yeah, it's nuts. BC Andrews novels, but um yeah it's it it's really it's nuts that there was so many versions of this 
series, I guess. Yeah. That I and I don't know why you wouldn't just continue though, uh, with with the Fincher one though. I well, mean, that's, that's the, the thing, thing that blows my it mind. Did, it did did like financially, this is a success. This is another. This yeah. is a this is a Fincher success. He nails it down. Um, it had great cast, obviously. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I know there was scheduling conflicts because the I don't know if you know about this, but uh, Daniel Craig. Uh, plays a little British detective called, uh, or secret agent, sorry, called uh, James Bond. I've I've seen a couple of those movies, <laughs> and he's better off doing these. Yeah, <laughs> he's no Sean Connery, um, but like he's um, like so you know what I mean. So I think there was scheduling issues with him to begin with but then it just they were they were talking about it for a good three four years after this that it was still in development hell and um the our uh, name escapes me now and i was just looking at it um rooney uh, mara rooney mara uh she like she was under contract she had to come if they were doing another one she had to come back and do it and eventually you know things lapsed in such a way that she could get out of it but um, like, to, to, like all this, like to me, this this almost felt like a bankable home run. Like in terms of uh, we can spin up another couple of these. But the books are there. That's all the people want to see is th these movies kind of remade again on the screen. So let's just do the next two, and that's as done. But uh, yeah, like they died a death, uh, and Fincher walked and went away and did the next movie. We'll be discussing a little movie called Gone Girl. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's uh, like it's it's a weird. This is this is another one of these ones which stands out like a sore thumb in the Fincher filmography. You know what I mean? When you're looking at, like, when you see like Gone Girl, which comes after this, that is like, that is a Fincher movie. This looks like a Fincher movie. Kind of smells like a Fincher movie. I don't know if it tastes like a Fincher movie though, and we'll, we'll get into that. Um, shortly, so yeah, that's your setup, ladies and gents. I wonder if me and Bo liked this movie. Uh, <laughs> there's only one way to find out, you have to stick around. Uh, we're gonna take a short break though, you're gonna hear the trailer for the movie when we return. It's time to get down and dirty with the girl with the dragon tattoo. Right after this. She's one of the best investigators I had, but she's different. Uh, in what way? In every way. Something wrong with the report? Anything you chose not to disclose. He's clean, in my opinion. He's honest. Her credibility isn't dead yet. Mine is. He's had a long-standing sexual relationship with his co-editor of the magazine. Sometimes he pleasures her. Not often enough, in my opinion. No, you're right not to include that. I need your help. You come stay on the island. A way of avoiding all those people that you might want to avoid right now. You will be investigating thieves, misers, bullies, the most detestable collection of people that you will ever meet. My family. This is Harriet. Someone in the family murdered Harriet. And for the past 40 years, has been trying to drive me insane. Also from her, and the rest from her killer. You failed to adapt to four foster homes. Arrested twice for intoxication, twice for assault. How many partners have you had in the last month? 
And how many of those were men? I should have control of my money. And you will, once you learn to be sociable. Why don't we start with me? You know what to do. I can't find something you've been unable to find in 40 years. You don't know that. You have a very keen investigative mind. You were here that day. A terrible day. Searching and finding. I've never found a body. Was it spontaneous? Was it calculated? Did she know something? Someone wish she didn't. The last time I reported on something without being absolutely sure, I lost my life savings. I need a research assistant. I know an excellent one. She did the background check on you. The what? You don't think we could hire just anyone for something like this? It's Mikhail Blomqvist. May I come in? We need to talk. Hey, hey, who do you think you are? Put some clothes on. Get rid of your girlfriend. Can I call you Elizabeth? I want you to help me catch a killer of women. I've got absolutely no idea how they're connected to the death of a 16-year-old girl. Don't you need to look over these? I got it. It's better to look at what I am about to show you on an empty stomach. What are you doing? Reading your notes. They're encrypted. Please. Rape, torture, fire, animals, religion. Am I missing any? The names. I may have some. Nobody likes people poking around in their lives. Everybody knows why you're here. Someone killed her. Someone on the island that day. If a woman approaches any beast and dies with it, you shall kill the woman and the beast. These people are insane. Soon you will know us all, only too well, with my apologies. Welcome back, ladies and gents. So you've just heard the trailer for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, this movie is two hours and 40 minutes long. Jesus fucking Christ. It sure is. Oh, my God. Uh, Although, yeah. speaking of that trailer, though, mm -hmm. fucking rocking trailer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, and it's it's largely because of the song. That that Trent Reznor, Karen O, immigrant song cover. Is bitching. It's one of the greatest things that's ever happened in music. Yeah, yeah. If, like, I think we said this on the last episode. If it took David Fincher making this movie to make that that version of that song a possibility, then I think that's one hundred million. Totally worth it. Well spent. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Well totally spent. Yeah, worth it. Every second is worth it. Um, <laughs> and it uses it in the title sequence, mm -hmm. oh God. which is one of the best title sequences i've ever seen in a movie it's fucking amazing it's, yeah it's, it's, it's like out bonds bond that's what i love about that, it it's like this is how you're supposed to do it james bond that, yeah that's what i was gonna say it was like what it, it's like if james, the james bond opening uh if, if somebody looked at that and was like yeah but what if it ruled <laughs> and like what if they fucked and there was cables and computers and motorcycles and mm -hmm. shit mm -hmm. and and then that's what happens and again it's one of those things where if if for no other reasons if you never watch anything but the credit sequence yeah of girl with the dragon tattoo do yourself a favor mm -hmm. and watch that it's unbelievable 
Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna talk. There's obviously long-standing um, partnerships that Fincher carries through, and his work with Trent Reznor is you know it's paramount. Like he's, he's had a long, long relationship working with him that still continues through. Um, and of course, Reznor worked on the previous soundtrack for the Social Network, won an Oscar for it. Back to do a bit of stuff here. Fincher did the music video for this song as well. So, like, in the middle of making $100 million movies, um, he's still doing music videos for, yeah, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Um, so he's the director here, uh, it's based on the Stieg Larsson novel, um, and as Bo mentioned earlier on, Stephen Zillian is the, is the screenplay writer, he adapted it. Um, the movie stars, and we are the fucking cast here, uh, Daniel Craig, Rooney Mara, uh, Christopher Plummer, Stellan Starsgard, uh, Stephen Berkov, Robin Wright. Uh, we have Jody, uh, Jolie Richardson, uh, Donald Stummer, uh, Tony Way, Goran Viznik, Per Myberg, or Meerberg. Um, and that's just on the first page. There are pages and pages of cast here. There's so many people in this movie. Uh, everyone's in this movie, Bob. This is a Fincher movie. Yeah. It's everyone turns up. The synopsis for this one, if you have never seen it um, or don't know anything about it, is journalist Mikael Blomqvist is aided in his search for a woman who has been missing for 40 years by Elizabeth Salander, a young computer hacker. Um, where to begin with this? Because uh, I don't like that... It is a two-hour and forty-minute movie, but actually there ain't a whole hell of a lot of plot in this one. If we're being honest, this is a lot of a lot of air, um, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like if, I could, I could easily like do a synopsis that guided you through this movie relatively fast, because um, there isn't that much that happens in it. Like essentially, Daniel Craig is a journalist who, as we meet him at the beginning of the movie, has just lost a libel case. He's tried to take down some big uh, CEO of some company. And like you, like Bo like, had mentioned earlier on, or maybe you mentioned it off air, actually, now that I think about it. Um, like, this is a throwaway thing at the beginning, but it's like, you have to really be paying attention here to understand the last 20 minutes of what the fuck's going on. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, you know, he's been kind of taken down a peg. It's going to financially ruin him. Maybe the paper that he works for. Um, the person that... <clears throat> um, the, the, you know, the person he's trying to take down is someone of importance anyway, uh, who has enemies, and one of his enemies is played by Christopher Plummer, who is this kind of... the elder statesman of a, like a family that is essentially staying on an island... Um, of which there are many in Sweden. Sweden is just basically made up of islands um, and owned a massive uh, company that dealt in iron and timber, built all the railways and railroads throughout Sweden. Um, lots of talk, talk about Nazis, which we are going to get to in a minute. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, his lawyer does a background check into Daniel Craig's character because he wants him to come up and work on an investigative piece under the guise of writing his biography. Um, the person that's hired to do the deep dive uh, is this Elizabeth chick who is heavily pierced and tattooed, and she has a dragon tattoo bow. That's maybe where they got the name. 
Ooh, I didn't know. I didn't put those two things together until maybe, just now. But that's maybe that's clever. Uh, yeah. And we're, we'll we'll kind of talk about her separately and her her plight. But she's very good at what she does. But she's essentially a hacker, uh, so she gets a ton of information to create a portfolio, uh, which allows uh, Christopher Plummer's lawyer the ability to kind of say, "Well, listen, you're financially ruined. You're fucked where you are just now. However, come and meet my you know my boss." Uh, and we'll see what we can do. He goes out there, he's intrigued by a mystery, a mystery that 40 years ago on that island, um, this guy's niece went missing. Mm -hmm. And because they are on an island and an event happened stopping people leaving the island, uh, Christopher Plummer is convinced that she was murdered. And if she was murdered, it must have been done by someone that was on the island. And the only people that were on the island were his relatives. So someone has killed my niece and it is one of my relatives and that's kind of the that's kind of the the setup is Daniel Craig is on the island uh, trying to pick apart case files from the last forty years to solve a mystery, and halfway through it, he is introduced to Lisbeth, um, who becomes his partner to work on these, and she's very good at what she does and starts piecing together the things that stupid Daniel Craig couldn't put together himself. Um, I like how he puts it that when he first uh, propositions her, like he he uh, shows up at her place, yes, with coffee and donuts, which is the way you do these things. Mm -hmm. And he he says, "I want you to help me catch the a killer of women." Yes, and uh, and so yes, it, Elizabeth Salander, um, like the whole guys here is that Daniel Craig is doing a biography of Christopher Plummer. Yes. And is not actually investigating a murder. But everyone on the island knows he's investigating a murder. Because that's, that's the 100%. conceit. 100%. So, like, yeah. at that point, I'm like, why are we even pretending? Like, if every relative well, knows, why are we even pretending at this point? Every time he shows up somewhere, someone's like, so you want to talk about Harriet? Yeah. And he's like, oh, no. I mean, that's, I mean, since you brought it up, I guess. And they're like, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. It's the only interesting thing that's happened in the past 40 years. Yeah. Is, is, is the, the death of, of Harriet. And, uh, but her body's never found. Yes. This to, is the to thing. That point. Yeah. But the, and, the, 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 the kind of, the stinger is that, Every year for Christopher Plummer, um, she would uh, give him a, a framed picture of a dried uh, flower. And those have continued on beyond her her death mm -hmm. in brackets. Um, like, beyond, and he, he seems yeah. to think it's the killer who's doing this? Taunting him, yeah. But he thinks yeah. the killer is doing it, is taunting him, but no one should have known about that, which instantly makes me like seriously like that no one knew that that's what she did for him um and like so the killer must have known so the killer must once again this is his rationale that the killer's a member of the family um yeah let, let's talk let, let's briefly talk about nazis um oh I, always well, well i i kind of love this about this movie and i kind of love it about the the it must have been in the book um a lot of people don't know this uh, sweden completely complicit with the nazis like a 100 like it's something that's kind of weirdly glossed over in history supplied shitload of um metals and materials to the nazi cause uh without prompting you know, just like signed a kind of non-aggression pact with them and just started supplying them um 
and then as you find out here actually people joined the cause um so the the the, the were collaborators for all intents and purposes that history seems to just really have kind of you know, kind of written out like no, like it's not something that anyone well, you wouldn't want to focus on it, but it's one of these things that, that I kind of like about this is Christopher Plummer openly says, "Listen, I had two brothers, and those those two brothers, two of them were Nazis." Um, yeah, uh, including the the father of Harriet. He was a Nazi. He he was a drunk. He died um, by drowning. He got so drunk he drowned, which is my dream. I uh, don't know about you, but uh, <laughs> it's like... I mean, if you're going to go... That's the best way to go. Um, right. Yeah, before the hangover hits, you know what I mean? Uh, so, the, <laughs> so yeah, um, and the mother, she was an alcoholic, so uh, Plummer uh, like essentially adopted his niece and nephew, uh, his niece being Harriet, and his nephew, who is played in this by the phenomenal Stellan Skarsgård, plays martin yeah. uh he's fucking great in this once again casting yeah you can't blame the the casting is great in this movie yeah uh, yeah top to bottom everyone is fantastic yeah like the performances are incredible in mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. um and i and actually one of my favorite moments in the whole movie is when they go to the still living older brother yes who was the collaborator collaborator with the nazis and still has like the pictures up of like him and goebbels yeah. and whatnot yeah, yeah, and, and yeah and daniel craig is like well and he, he complains about people no never coming to visit and he's yeah. like well maybe it's your decorations mm -hmm. and he's like let me tell you something daniel craig <laughs> I, of everyone you're gonna you're gonna meet on this island yeah i'm at least honest with yeah. you yeah yeah and and he is yeah. he's a, like say what you will about this nazi yeah. he's totally straightforward about a he was a nazi mm -hmm. and b when he's like well uh, can i borrow some pictures he's like sure you want some of the nazi shit too and he's like nah <laughs> just i'm these, good but just these ones here please uh yeah yeah, yeah it's like there's there's um because that's the, the other brother the, the thing about it is that the thing that you find um after he, he arrives to start working on the book is basically all the relatives live in close proximity to the main house because it's a small island and um some of them there's that like there's a like family politics going on some speak to others some don't speak to others uh some are quite abusive some are more recluse um and essentially daniel craig's job is to try and break this mystery but there's another story going on here and we should touch on that now and it's the story about Elizabeth which is I mean is difficult like this I'll, I'll give Fincher this the original movie the the rape scene <clears throat> isn't pleasant isn't pleasant and um you would think for a Hollywood movie with the money being spent they would maybe tone some of that back and if anything they lean further into it um Lisbeth is uh, essentially she's troubled. We don't know exactly what she did, but she has a a, a rap sheet as long as my arm. I believe that's uh, a rap sheet. Something I don't know. It's not a thing over yeah. here. Yeah, and uh, she's obviously very troubled. Yeah, and and is a ward of the state. Yes, and her carer, who is this elderly man, has a stroke at the beginning, and as a result, she's given a new caseworker, who's basically the administrator of caseworkers, who takes over her case. And right from the start that you meet him, you're like, this guy's a prick. Like, straight away. He's, he's a very obnoxious, 
overly efficient sort of person at the beginning um, and then you very quickly realise that there's an ulterior motive here and this isn't the first time he's done this which I think is the worst bit it's just that she's going to fight back this time because you don't just decide oh, I'm going to do it to this chick you know what I mean? Right. Well, and yeah, the whole idea is that when she comes to him for money, which she yes. has to do, yes, because he he holds the keys to her trust or whatever. Yeah. And so, if she needs to get additional money, she has to go to him to get a check for whatever the amount is. Like the whole deal is, oh, she needs uh, uh her computer gets busted yeah. because somebody does some purse snatching, and she gets her backpack back. But in that process, the the laptop has been damaged. Yeah. And so she goes to this asshole for a, a check to replace the computer. And he's like, well, you know, uh, we can do that. But we, I think we just need to establish a relationship where we're helping each other out. Yeah. And so I'll write you this check and all you've got to do is unzip my pants and start to give me a little bit of a tug and oh while you're there why don't you just go ahead and blow me yes and and it's like you said it's not you know porn style graphic but it is graphic like there is no question of what's happening oh in yeah, the scene. yeah yeah and 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 right and elizabeth is not the kind of person that allows that to happen to her like well this is the thing he's he's completely miscalculated the situation because i think he looks he perceives her as being what is written on on paper about her so some of the crimes or some of the 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 case file and what he doesn't understand is she's incredibly bright and she is a take no shit sort of character so when she sets up the second meet thinking that she's going to have to give him another hand job and um she shows up with this time he has to go to her house so he actually physically she physically has to go to his house so she takes her bag and what he doesn't know is she has a camera in her bag and he proceeds to essentially like knock her out um handcuff her to a bed um and then like um rape her anally anally Um, yeah anally rapes her because he asks her yeah have you ever done anal before yeah and, and then but that's what i mean i would i i'm i forgot how fucking brutal this scene was like i i like i in my head somehow i compartmentalized that this had been toned down in the american one um like we'd just like cut away like after she'd been strapped in he said that and then all of a sudden you know we had the kind of after effect but we get like you know there's there's a lot of like very good tasteful camera position but you know, it's, there's once again, there's no doubt as to what is happening in the after effect. There's a shot of her actually where she drops her key outside the door yeah, and she has to bend down to pick it up, and it's painful and it's oh, it, it's it's heartbreaking because you're like this. You already understand that she is, uh, she's probably like got a touch of Asperger's or yes. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the, there's a mental issue or or just traumatized or. PTSD, something happened in her past, or she is suffering from this condition where she is, you know, to a large extent self-isolated yeah. and and that kind of thing. And so when this guy takes advantage in this way, you're like, I hope she fucks him up. And then she totally fucks yeah, him like up. This is maybe one of the best reveal like that like 
it's up there. Like I, I, like, I love. I love me a rape revenge movie. I love me some Miss 45. I love me some I Spit in Your Grave when it comes to the vengeance wrought on men that are fucking dickheads. Um, and yeah, we, we get one of the best, I think, because she shows back up uh, under the guise of needing more money. And he's such a, like, I'm really sorry things went too far last time. And so she stuns him with a... <laughs> She st yeah. stuns him with a taser, um, ties him to the ground naked, uh, wakes him up, shows him that she's videoed it, and then produces the largest steel dildo I've ever seen in my entire life, which she just crams up there, no lube, right, right and, up the pipe. <laughs> and to re-emphasize the, uh, <laughs> that she is in control she gives it a kick at one oh, point oh yeah the, that is like the howl, oh. the howl that he lets out when she boots the bottom of that that uh, dildo is, is incredible um but then she she's bought herself a makeshift tattoo kit um mm -hmm. and she tattoos i'm a ra i'm a rapist pig on him um but she like once she's done she leaves him but she gives him ultimatum which is listen like I have this video over you now and it, it'll like anything ever happens to me it goes to the you know it's in the cloud it goes everywhere um I'm going to periodically come to your house if I ever find a woman in here as in if you're ev even thinking about having consensual sex with a woman um this video leaks and then she tattoos him in such a way to make sure that that's off the table anyway no one will ever sleep with him because that's that's one. We get a clip later on where she shows up again. Like basically, she threatens that he's going to write like immaculate reports. She's going to like he's going to fast track her release from that scheme. There's never going to be an issue with money. That's going to be turned over to her control. It's like I feel like basically everything to get out of the situation that she's in. But she shows up later on because she says that his his report isn't great. You know, it's not. It's it not, lacks enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah it lacks enthusiasm. And uh, like uh, the part and the part and line of um, and stop googling how to remove tattoos, because um, yeah. obviously that's something he's been doing. Uh, and you know, like the last shot we see him, he's completely broken and rightly fucking so. But she's now brought into the case, and um, she brings that baggage as well, uh, which, which I I like as a character. Difficult. Like, I'll be honest with you, right? Uh, Naomi Rapice, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Mm -hmm. Um, she plays the original in the, the Swedish version and she is fucking phenomenal in that role. Right? Yeah, she's like, great. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. And, but that's the role that puts her on the map. She's had a great career since then because of that casting. Um, Hollywood took notice. She's had some roles. She's making bank. It's great. Rooney Mara steps up to do this um, and I imagine once again it's one of those daunting things because you're doing a character that's already even in a short period of time, has become an iconic character. What I like about it is she doesn't do a replica. They're two very different versions of the same character, um, which I like. She makes that role her own. She's Rooney Mara's excellent in this. She's like really, really, really good. Yeah. Well, and yeah, because she is that. You can you can see the vulnerability mm. in her character, even though she never shows any vulnerability to the characters around her. Yeah, and and she's terrific at that. Um, you can kind of see th this genuine mistrust she has mm -hmm. of men in general. Yes, 
um people well maybe people in general and men specifically mm -hmm. but uh when daniel craig at one point he's just like reaching around her or something yeah and she shrinks away like oh this guy's about to to be dangerous mm -hmm. and and one of the things that's interesting in this movie is seeing her character make that progression from okay he doesn't seem like a monster to oh i can genuinely trust and like this person yeah well she did the background check on him as well and what's really interesting yeah. is when the lawyer asks specifically about stuff she's left off the report and she's like well i haven't left anything off the report and he's like well what about like uh, like his sex life and all the rest and she's like i mean i didn't it's, it's fairly normal i didn't see you know I, I don't think he's a bad guy i think he's just been you know essentially he's been misplaced here um uh, he, he she has the great line he performs cunnilingus yeah. though not as often as i think he should. should yeah but but he is what he what he shows himself to be yes yeah you know and basically he, saying what you see is what you get he is he's a decent human being yeah and like i think that she she like she lowers her guard down to him relatively quick from that point like you're saying that the initial stuff but then we don't spend our like this isn't uh it takes half a movie for them to gain a trust of each other that trust like is like he knows that she's incredible at what she does um and she brings it fully in basically what we're what starts off in the mystery and it's a kind of almost a noirish sort of idea the mystery is like the thing i love about uh, noir cinema in general like specifically crime noir is that you the, the the best stories are the ones where your pi gets given a case and then halfway through it there's another case but actually turns out by the end these cases were always connected um and that's kind of what you get here you get the idea of uh, the, we're, we're having to solve the mystery of what happened to harriet oh by the way harriet was actually investigating something uh, it's in the back of this book here. It's all these numbers um, and, you know, the initials or names. And we meet, like, the, a former police detective who mentions a story about a case his partner couldn't give up uh, that seems not connected but turns out to be connected. Um, and ultimately what spins out of this in the long run once uh, Elizabeth gets involved is Harriet had found that there was a serial killer operating uh killing women in a fashion which is verses from the bible uh, from the book of leviticus i think it was um specific verses so whatever the verse was he would kill them in that manner um which is a cool concept quite like that um and she had ultimately found out who it was that was doing it and this had spurred her to try and escape on that day and the person may have killed her right um this is but so we now have to find out who it was we're going to go into spoiler territory because we can have to hear um yeah yeah, yeah. so but, if you haven't if you if you've never seen any version of this yeah either of them will do yes yeah this is same. Know, it's the same killer it's the same reveal right so um and yeah, you can pause, go watch it, come back. Two and a half hours later, you can come back and chat us. Uh, but yeah, so basically what the reveal here is, is there are actually two killers, right? So the, yeah. the killer is, the main killer or the more predominant killer was the Nazi father. Uh, God, Gottfried. Gottfried, the, the Nazi, um, who basically killed a lot of women along the, the route of the rail track they were building. 
So all these deals he was doing, he was there and he could be touched up with it. So Elizabeth finds that. But in the meantime, Daniel Craig, uh, he works out that the person in a snapshot, which is the other view of the parade that Harriet was at, that she saw someone and was spooked for, he works out that it's um, it's essentially it's Michael uh, who who was behind that one. Michael I played by Stellan Skarsgård. Um, it's Martin. Martin, sorry, not Michael. Martin. Yeah, Michael yeah. is uh, Daniel Craig. Um, Martin. So he, he finds that that. So the son of the father continued the killing on. Yeah, and the way it's put later, because uh, we we also learn that in the final twist of the movie mm-hmm. uh, that Gottfried was also sexually abusing Harriet. Yes. And that when he died that Martin essentially assumed that role as well. Yeah, yes, he and, became and, his father. Yeah, he became his father. Yeah. But he, and we get a, a scene later on where it's explained um, he doesn't take on any of his back, his father's messier traits it's a very organized killer like a very very organized killer so much so that he is still doing it and no one is aware that these bodies are happening so like he could be a very 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 prolific swedish serial killer that no one even knows is a killer yeah there there's a great line he has when there's a kind of final confrontation between michael and martin mm. Uh, where Martin has Michael in his kill room, essentially, his murder room. Uh, And he says, you know, it's funny, the first time we met uh, over wine, and I had Elise in here. Who's Elise? Uh, Doesn't matter. She's just the girl (laughs) that I happen to have chained up in this room Mm -hmm. while we were very pleasantly having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's... He, he's just he's learned how to be a killer from his father but yes he he brings a level of organi- organization yeah and almost like sterility to it yes uh but also he is a hundred percent a sadist oh god yeah, yeah. and like I, I mean i think like the the symbolism in this the the room that they walk into is a gas chamber yeah yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? His dad's a Nazi. And like, honestly, like, I'd, there's like these are the things that I'm like, more of that in the movie, please. <laughs> like, give me more of that, please. Well, and the wade investi- through a lot of this movie to get to that. The investigation stuff is fun. Yes. And there's a great sequence in particular, like right before Michael ends up realizing like, oh shit, it's Martin. Yes. Where you see him piecing together the photos of, yeah. of the... Uh, of the parade and that's intercut with Lisbeth at the like corporate headquarters mm-hmm. tracking down like what family member was at the locations of the murders yeah. Yeah, because yeah. of you know press or whatever whatever it was that they had to do and it it's a great it, it's an exciting sequence even yeah. though it's just people doing paperwork essentially yeah, yeah it's yeah. really well done and it's really well edited that's fincher but you know what i mean that's fincher but you have to get how far in the movie before you get to that right that's 90 minutes into the movie yeah <laughs> and and there's 90 minutes like there's good stuff along the way for sure like all the stuff we talked about with lisbeth is really like she is the the 
interesting character. Yeah. And when it's Michael just kind of wandering around talking to people and getting a feel for the family and that kind of thing, it it's just kind of dull. What's well, a different pace as well? The uh, the Elizabeth stuff it's set in the big city. You know what I mean? She's doing techie stuff. You know, like all that stuff has a, a kinetic energy that that's kind of fast paced. She drives a motorcycle. You know what I mean? All that stuff is she's at raves. That, that's fast paced, and you're juxtaposing it with middle of bumfuck nowhere, snow everywhere, him trudging through. And I I understand that you know that's there's a deliberate choice here to have those scenes together but i feel like every time we go to daniel craig's investigation you're basically strapping an anchor to the story yeah. because we are it takes too long to get to things and ultimately everything that he works out he doesn't like the case doesn't really start going anywhere until lisbeth arrives and when she arrives yeah. but like you, you are you are so far in this movie by that point um it's it's, it's an of, hour in before yeah. they are a team which is nuts in an hour and 40, yeah. like two hour and 40, you've still got an hour and 40 minutes, which is how long this movie should have been. Uh, like, that's like no more than that for a murder mystery. You, so you've got that that aspect as well. The So essentially the the, the kind of reveal here, the, the overall reveal for Martin being the killer, um, the way that Harriet found out is the next victim after Godfrey's death went to the same school as Martin. So she surmises yeah. it's Martin because Martin's raping her. Um, she surmises it's Martin. How do we begin to covet? Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, boy. Every time. You, you do, yeah. like, it, it follows us everywhere we go. Okay, well, it's like just one of... Because it's great. Because it's, it's a great true movie. as well. And Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing is Martin gets gets a hankering for some spankering. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and it's because he's, you know, around these trashy women and mm -hmm. and that kind of thing and um yeah and and so there is the reveal of martin but then there's the further reveal well yeah there, there's this on top that harriet isn't actually dead and this is the thing that the first time i watched this i got this straight away um not this version the swedish version we take a trip across to london uh, earlier on in the movie um, to meet one of the like the, the girl who was best friends a relative that was best friends with Harriet who kind of abandoned the family to live in London and work in finance um, and we go across to meet her um, and ultimately it's revealed that she is actually Harriet and uh, she assumed the identity of this, this woman who basically helped her get out of Sweden who died later on in a car crash so she assumes her identity um, and that's so she is still alive and what the end of this movie should have been um, you know is you know is the essentially the reconciliation of Christopher Plummer with Harriet and it's yeah, this not this niece that he loved yeah. and, and it's a really nice scene where she shows up and he he's in a wheelchair because you know he had to leave the movie for an hour <laughs> and he's still weak from that and and so she shows up and they have this great moment where yeah. they don't say anything to each other and he knows who she is yes even after all these years and they embrace and it's sort of like oh well we won like the good guys won the bad guys yeah. have have been punished Stellan Sarsgaard 
ended up driving off the road and exploding. Yes. And that was satisfying. Yes. And Lisbeth Salander and Michael have had this kind of budding relationship with yep. one another. But there's one uh, thing you forgot. There's one thing you forgot, Bo, and it's the thing that I think everyone forgets when they watch this movie is like the reason that um, Michael is working for Christopher Plummer's character is not only for lots of money, by the way, she had loads of money, but also mm. the guy at the beginning who he lost the libel case to used to work for Christopher Plummer and he's got dirt on him, or at least there's promise of dirt on him. And so, like, you get this touching, heartwarming scene, and you get, like, Plummer handing across this dossier, this you know, dossier on this guy. And what you should have had here is post-credit sequence of, like, news clippings or, like, news stories of, you know, Bl uh, Blumquist manages to take down bad guy because of, de like, or whatever. Whatever that may be. No, 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 right. no. Ro Robin Wright as his partner is like, welcome back. You're yes. Like, you're with us again like anything oh, right. like that like montage the fuck out the end of this but we get like a montage within a, a long so we don't get that the paperwork that's handed over is actually is of information that is now out with the statute of limitations so essentially there's nothing that you can do about it however he does now have a crack investigator in Elizabeth who volunteers to basically hack his account and we've yeah yeah and, and she takes it on herself though like yeah. this is like her gift to him because she she goes to him and says i need to borrow fifty thousand krona yes and he's and she and he gives it to her and he's like well how do you know i have that much money and she's like well i know you have sixty five thousand. yeah and i promise you you will get this money back this yeah. is a good investment and uh he's like all right and she's like, really? <laughs> you're just going to give yeah. this to me? He's like, yeah, you're it's like, what so. am I going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah so of he, course I will. But like, so he's like this, like the story's broke, right? That this guy is actually an international arms dealer because James Bond. Um, and like at first he denies it, but then he goes into hiding. So mm -hmm. this guy goes into hiding. And Elizabeth, we then get a baffling 15 minutes of her wearing wigs and globetrot and then basically transferring money from one account to another account, basically emptying his accounts, right? So she walks away with a bit, it's like three billion. Yeah, over it's like three, three and a half billion dollars that she funnels out of his account into her account. Um, yes, and then so comes, she is now a billionaire. Yeah, she comes back and gives <laughs> she gives him his fifty grand back, which I love. Um, and they have like this kind of like a, a small awkward conversation, and she's like, "I'll see you soon." And then I'm like, "So maybe that's the end of the movie?" Nope, that's not the end of the movie. She buys him an expensive leather jacket. Um, it's a yeah, it's a jacket that looks like the one he had when he was younger. Yes. Yes. And this is going to be her gift to him. And meanwhile, in the well, background... Well, our, our gift, we... gift to him and potentially a continuation of the romantic friendship that they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, that's, sure. that's quite a link. But what we learned right at the very beginning is this guy's smitten on... He's a smitten kitten, boy. He's a smitten kitten. On the, on the owner of the paper, the editor of the paper. He's been slipping Robin around. Wright, which yeah. is understandable. Uh, Beautiful yeah. lady. Hell yeah. Um... And so the end of this movie, 
I, 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 like after everything, high octane fucking death sequences, Nazi killing camps, fucking murder on the Swedish Express, like like all these stories, like the end of this movie is her rocking up to give him the jacket and she sees him walking to a taxi with you know his his female companion and they get in the taxi she bends the jacket gets on her bike and i'm like what (laughs) well because maybe there's a sequel going to happen but how presumptuous yeah, you know I mean, how presumptuous are we that we were going to get that sequel? It's the most anticlimactic ending of a film since the end of that new Saw movie, which I will one day tell you what the ending of that is, and it is fucking head scratching. The and, and there's also a whole thing about how the guy, the Winstrom guy, that that she embezzled all this money from mm-hmm. and that went into hiding. That suddenly he didn't have any more money and he's found dead. Oh yeah, he's because like, he, he he's uh, yeah, right. He's uh, he's killed by his uh, his associates yep. who I'm sure were like, "What do you mean you don't have any money anymore?" Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so he's he's murdered. And yeah, she just right. The the movie ends with her throwing this jacket away and then just ride away on her motorcycle to our three leaving. billion dollars in a bank account. I'd like I don't know what I'm supposed to I don't know how I'm supposed to feel at the end of the movie. You know what I mean? That that's my problem as well. Is what what how am I supposed to feel about Lisbeth? How am I supposed to feel about Daniel Craig? Yeah. Is he a shitty person or is he just a person who because she went off on this globe trotting adventure yep. just fell back into this relationship? It's just it's too much shit to throw into the last 20, 25 minutes of this movie. Uh-huh. And it, because it it makes you forget about the good ending that you just had. It makes you forget that before. it was a murder mystery. Like you complete right. the last 20 minutes, write yes. out a murder mystery thing by adding, it's like tagging the longest epilogue to a movie that is already long. You know, were over two hours by the time we've solved the murder. Um, and then we then have this. It's, 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 I know it's in the book, and I know it's in the other movie, and all the rest, right? I understand that, but... it It's just supremely unsatisfying. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it... I understand that, like you said, it's in the book and all that stuff. That's fine. But this is not the book. This it's is the movie. movie. Yeah. And when I'm watching this movie, and especially the dumbed-down American version, what I want out of this is to have a, not necessarily a happy ending, just a satisfying one. Yeah, like, people want... are going to walk out the cinema, and you should be thinking to yourself when they're walking out the cinema, do I want them, like, excited for the next installment? Because if you do, I'll tell you right now, the end of this one, eh, make you excited for the next installment. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, all right. Yeah, I I just want and even if you were going to do that next movie. Yeah. You know, like end it at a place where there is some level like to go back to the recent example of Venus Doom. Mhm. That ends in a place where it's like, "Oh, okay, we have sort of satisfied the first part of this journey yeah. where this character has landed in a place where everything is going to be different now." you know all that and even though it 
you know, the, the my biggest complaint with it is just that it ends. Yeah. Because I you want to see that other part of the story, but also all the stuff that's set up in the first part of the film in in again, I'm speaking of Dune here. All the stuff that's that's set up in the beginning of the film about like here's all the political intrigue and this is why the family is being sent to Arrakis and blah 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 that by the end of the movie all of that pays off. Yeah. And, you know, I still want to see the other half of it, but I'm also <laughs> satisfied with what I've seen and and can't fucking wait for the second one. But, um, it, yeah, the problem with this is that it leaves me in a place where I'm like, well, I don't, I mean, now the, the character that I like so much is a billionaire and I don't necessarily want her to be. I want her to be the kind of hard scrabble mm. investigator that lives by her wits and not a character that can buy her way she can buy an island now and live there the rest of her life and she's yeah. fine you know? I, I, yeah it's, it's, um, it feels it feels frustrating and I, I, I like i say it leaves a kind of weird it's, it's like a like a sourish taste in the mouth about it that i just don't like i i i think it's it, it makes it too muddled it feels too muddled as a movie by by the end yeah. um which is one thing you don't get from it's a very unfincher thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, and Fincher can land in some complicated places. Like Seven ends in a oh, very yeah. complicated place where, like, one of our heroes is now probably going to spend at least a little time in jail and never be a cop again, and all that stuff. And this guy who is a complete cynic is probably still a cynic, but he also understands that there's something about like being on that wall, being on yeah. on uh, on the watch and whatnot. Um, all of that stuff and you know or or uh the movie we last talk about social network mm -hmm. ends in a place where you're like i i know that i dislike this guy but also he is surrounded by people who are kind of equivocating for yeah. him yeah, yeah and and so you know he leaves it up to the audience of like no 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 you're gonna get what i mean here yeah and this is one of those cases where i'm like i don't know what what you want me to take from this other mm -hmm. than stick around for part two when we're going to continue this story that never happened which never happens yeah never 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 happens puzzling that it didn't um i suppose like yeah go for it no i was just gonna say it's it's shocking that even with daniel craig being bond and all that stuff that they weren't just like you need to carve six months out of your life to come back and at least wrap this up in a yeah. way yeah because this could have been a big franchise mm -hmm. and it just disappeared like this is for all for all of my complaints about the end of this movie i'm still curious what a second one would look like 100 percent. just because the cast is so good and the character of lisbeth salander is interesting enough that i do want to see what that second part looks like mm -hmm. um but yeah, it's 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 head scratching to me. Yeah, I mean, plus points. I mean, it's beautifully shot because uh, it's Fincher. The you editing know? is, I mean, it won an Oscar for the editing, and it deserves so. that Oscar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is rightly so. Um, the the choice of cast never an issue in a Fincher movie. It's impeccable. Um, it's just it's just flat. Uh, I think that's the thing. It's just that it's a it's a flat movie which is far too long and like just leaves me kind of meh at the end which... but, 
even all the flatness even all the like the build-up of it taking too long for them these two characters to hook up if you just lopped off the last 20 minutes of this movie it's probably uh, you know at least twice as good yes than it than with the inclusion of it it just it that's what feels so disappointing to me is that we just spin our wheels with the story it's that so, doesn't it's so matter. It's totally different from the rest of the movie. Yeah. The last twenty minutes is like it, it feels like a different movie. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's the girl with the dragon tattoo. Um, yeah, I, it's kind of a bummer. It like is, it's a good yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. But it's it, it in the in the Fincher the Fincherverse, if you will. Oh, nice. The FCU, the Fincher Cinematic Universe. <laughs> It's just one of those movies where you're like, I wish there had been a second one because then I think I would like this one more. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm because... waiting on that one. I, like you, like start to like, like bring a bit more investment in again and and, and clear some stuff up and, uh yeah. I, th- I think I know the qu- answer to this question. I think it's academic, Boran, still, but you know that I have to ask you um, that uh, as it stands just now after watching The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, nine movies into the Fincher back catalogue, are we still saying that Zodiac is the best Fincher movie or are we now saying, weirdly against everything we've just said, that The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo has toppled it? <laughs> what, what if I was just insistent that, like, no, 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 flaws and all, Duncan. <laughs> This is better than one of the greatest <laughs> films ever made. Um, yeah, I mean, Zodiac is still... Uh, it's just such an opus for Fincher. It's yeah. just so perfect. It, it's like Tim Burton doing Ed Wood. Yes. It's just one of those things of like, oh, like it, Tim Burton directs plenty of other good movies, but he's never going to He's never gonna make a better it. movie yeah. than he's ne- Ed He's Wood. never going to do another Ed Wood, yeah. Right, um, Bo... Believe it or not, yes. we are we are rapidly closing in on the end of our season. Two, two more. We've yeah. only got two two more, and they're two uh, really good movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm exceptionally excited about the next one because I've only ever seen it once. I've only ever seen it once, yeah. and I saw I saw uh, once again cinema opening night, and I thought it was fucking great. So uh, Gone Girl is our next movie, and I I'm gonna just say just now. If the viewing holds up, this could be a serious threat to Zodiac, or the more serious threat to Zodiac, because I remember liking everything about this. Um, I'm with you. I, 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 I've only seen Gone Girl the once, mm-hmm. and had the same reaction when I walked out of Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Yeah, Gone when Girl. I went, <laughs> when I went walked out of Gone Girl, I went straight to the judicial system. <laughs> Um, <laughs> when I walked out of Gone Girl, I remember thinking like that was maybe a perfect mystery yeah. movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And once again, it's you an know. adaptation of a, a a very popular novel, uh, which I hadn't read, so I didn't know. I didn't know who. I didn't know who or what was happening. Um, yeah, I didn't either. But but even though I know, I know what the tricks of it are. Yeah. I'm looking forward to going back, knowing those tricks, a hundred percent, and being able to. Oh, okay. Well, that's set up here, and and it's also a terrific Ben Affleck performance. Yes, th- th- this is one of those ones that weirdly reminds you that Ben Affleck is actually a good actor. 
He, could, he has been slumming it for a long time, but the dude, like, he has chops, and when he puts, you know, when he puts his mind to it, he turns on a guy. He's brilliant in this movie, as is, I can't remember her name. Hold on. I'll, I will get... Uh, I, she's brilliant I, yes. in everything. She's another one that's absolutely brilliant in everything. Um, I, yeah, I feel bad for, for not knowing her name right off the top of my head. Bear with me two seconds. Her name is um rosamund pike yes she is her name Angie. absolutely incredible like a fucking incredible in this also neil patrick harris yes is terrific in it yes uh so yeah it's it's gonna yeah, be fun i'm very man. excited As... i'm excited to go back and revisit this one because i i had a, if you had asked me five minutes ago if neil patrick harris was in gone girl i might have told you no yeah and now that i remember like oh yeah his character is really just just a wonderful piece of shit. yes oh yes yeah so i'm, I'm looking forward to doing it believe it or not we're going to be doing it soon uh, so you're going to be hearing it soon um but before you go bo uh pimp your stuff where can people check out your stuff man um I, uh, well, I, you know, I, I do a little bit of podcasting, Duncan, um, <laughs> on the side. Uh, you can find everything I do on legionpodcasts.com, um, the show that has sort of become the umbrella for uh, most of the horror stuff I do is The Dark Parade, where uh, I do a bunch of bonus stuff. There's a main show every week, and then there's bonus stuff all the time. Um, I would highlight uh, a, a bonus show that we do called uh, Heart of Horror. Mm. That's me and Kate Pollock um, talking about horror movies that have an element of romance mm -hmm. in them. And it's really just an excuse to get to Kate to tell hilarious stories about her dating life, uh, which are tremendous and should be compiled in some sort of omnibus. Um, so I do that. Uh, so you can find that on, you know, on Legion podcast or just search for the dark parade on, on any podcast, uh, catcher. And then there's pick six movies that I do with my pal, uh, Chad, um, which we are doing Christmas adjacent movies this season. Um, so, uh, we, we about to drop while you were sleeping. All right. Yeah. yeah. Which was a very funny conversation, uh, about how the, that's just a family of grifters and um and then i know you haven't seen this duncan but we do a show called duncan and Bo come correct i've never even had <laughs> yeah and we i understand why you blocked this out because we are halfway through the third season of slasher which we've been doing every season of slasher every two weeks we mm -hmm. do a new episode of that show we are almost <laughs> almost done with the third season and it has been a real something i mean on it i i'm at the stage now that i'm thinking that that year that we all spent in lockdown and covid wasn't bad in comparison to you to spend and watching slasher yeah oh no a pandemic way better than slasher yeah it's so fucking bad and yeah we're we're, we're I mean, there is like a tiny speck of light in the distance for, for us finishing that and trust me i can't fucking wait to get to it um so. yeah well but if you haven't listened to it it's fun it's very funny yeah. uh like uh, just hearing us suffer yes is a good time because we are constantly flummoxed by the decisions made by one 
Aaron Slasher Martin. Slasher Martin, yeah. Slasher by name, slasher by well, it's not by show. trade. Yeah, it's not by the yeah. <laughs> like, fucking price slasher. It's shocking. Uh, like it's... honestly, like I, I don't know. I don't know. It's Logic a show... slasher. <laughs> it's a show that like at this stage now, I, I like I I know we've kept saying it can't be worse. It can't like at this point all bets are off. Like nothing would surprise me now. I'm I'm curious about getting to season four only because more than one person has said like three is the bottom. Yeah. And then four, it, it there is actually some things about season four that you'll enjoy. Yeah. Well, it looks like they're playing with a more traditional format of the you know spend one night in the house and you'll get my fortune sort of formula which i like i you know I, I, i'm a sucker for that anyway um so we'll yeah. see but the, yeah that's ongoing check out Bo's stuff he's a he's a hard-working podcast but he's also fucking awesome as is evidenced here on this recording Aww. there you go you're that's so sweet the nicest thing i'll say about you recorded um we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna bring this in now um we are gonna be back in a couple of weeks time we're gonna be doing gone girl and then one more movie before we wrap up this venture retrospective uh, until then though thank you very much for checking out opera omnia member and check out the other shows on the teapots collective where to begin with which is also about to close its doors for this year chronicle which is returning this month for season number four and of course doing the nasty which continues to put mark ball through some of the worst movies ever fucking made um yeah he volunteered for it and he, he gets what he deserves um so yeah check out those shows we will be back in a couple of weeks time until then take care everyone and i'll speak to you soon <laughs>